bombing all over the country. They are posing as movies you already know. They may be in your theaters, your neighbor's home, or even your own. Why are you doing that voice? I don't know. <laughs> I thought it made me sound cool. It doesn't. I'm Jason Bishop, host of the Invasion of the Remake podcast with co-hosts Sam Stepanenko and Trish Coughlin. Join us each week as we rotate talking about your favorite films and their not-so-favorite remakes. We'll also dig deep to find forgotten films that we think are more worthy of remaking, complete with our own fantasy casting. You can get all 130 episodes and counting on... Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and all the best podcast providers, even... Frickin' YouTube. For the low, low price of absolutely nothing, join the invasion. Subscribe today. Or we'll blow up your planet. Power Source, a bushel of apples in every bar, presents Writer's Bagel Basket. Power Source, for your nutrients in bar form. Bushel and apples in every bar. This week, Scott Curlin is talking about The Simpsons, King of the Hill, featuring Power Source, a bushel of apples in every bar. That's right, we watched The Simpsons, King of the Hill. So you know what that means. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. Congratulations, sir. Huh? You're going to be the first man to climb the murder horn. I am. Uh... No, that's it over there. <gasps> yeah, that's it. Just to the right of the one you're looking at. Tear me apart, Lisa! We took out of a building! Yes, it was very exciting. Tomorrow we go to the zoo. I love you! That's all I needed to hear. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I am Scott Kirland, and we continue Stars and Hollywood Gripes, our Stars and Gripes, featuring our good friend Brendan Fraser, and we're talking about Simpsons, King of the Hill, and I have a returning guest, Mr. Dave Schweitzer. Hey, buddy. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me back. It's lovely to be here. <laughs> so, uh, you love The Simpsons just as much as I do. Oh, yeah. I think so many people our age, they have to love it, or they're a weirdo. <laughs> My wife does not like The Simpsons. That, uh, her excluded. She's a very lovely, lovely uh, <laughs> woman, and I did not mean that at all. I love when people say stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I know people who don't like that. And they're like, yeah, but but I not them. Oh, so, <laughs> so let's redo the beginning of this episode. Nope, uh, it's staying in there. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is one of my favorite Simpsons episodes. I love... I love it for two reasons. I love um, how how there is a product that is a bushel of apples. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. And then you find out that it's just apple cores in, in Japanese newspapers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but also, I love like the, f- the food that sponsors these climbs up. What is it? The Killahorn? Yeah, I think that's what it was. I can't remember it. Or like name. the slaughter because we never see him ever again. Yeah, you know, even though they were towering over the entire town. Yeah, the other the other thing that sponsored it was flapjacks in a can. Oh yeah, that was good. Um, yeah. so I love 
the premise of this is you want to give... So for the movies, what we do is you're in Blockbuster Video, look at the back of the movie box, and there's a quick paragraph of what it is. You're reading TV Guide, and what is the TV Guide synopsis of this episode? It would be uh, Bart is embarrassed by Homer's physical appearance slash attributes, and Homer begins taking a, not candy bar, nutrient bar, and is... Protein bar. Protein bar, and is convinced to climb a death mountain. Sponsored by the sponsored by the protein bar, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was perfect. Um, so yeah, so Homer Simpson is one of probably I think he's one of the greatest TV dads up there. Yeah, it's I mean Him, it's hard Archie not to say the greatest. <laughs> um, I mean I love better Phil than Dunphy, Saget, but yeah, better than Saget. Yeah, Homer's just great. Um, you know, he's the most relatable dad, probably for most dads. When Bart in the beginning is like, Dad, come play tag with us. He's like, Not now, son. You know, daddy's he says down honey. For the he day. says honey. Oh, he does Which, say honey. Yeah. Like, I love how he, he's, he calls his kids, even though they're monsters, except for Lisa. Yeah. I mean, Maggie's murdered how many people by now? Well, I don't, I haven't seen the later seasons, but you're right. Maggie is. Maggie killed the Yakuza. I don't know if I saw that one. Oh, well, uh, is that the, a later the Pretzel episode? Time one. The what one? The pretzel one? Oh, yeah, you're the right. The Twisted World of oh, Marge I Simpson. I guess I did see that one. Yeah, you're right. She does. Because, because I love that. The the Yakuza uh, flies through the window and goes, apologies, and runs away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Maggie's crazy. Um, yeah, but he calls Bart sweetie, and it's so cute. Yeah, I it's, think that is cute when he does that stuff. Oh, um, sorry, honey. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy is so sleepy from drinking too much. Yeah, before like the noon church picnic ended. Yeah, um, I love. So I, I think that's why he's so relatable. So there is a church picnic. I guess in Springfield, all of the the organizations and towns have their picnics. Then, because you have the yeah. police, you have the police picnic, you have the church picnic, um, the mafia. The mafia. Pic- one. That one's my favorite. Yeah, the mafia picnic where they shoot. The mustard and Chief Wiggum, who yeah. I'm gonna ask you your two favorite Simpsons characters because my two favorite are the same of, of on the same side of the coin, pretty oh, much. Okay, I think um, I but Chief Wiggum is one of my favorite characters, yeah. And he goes, Joke's on you, we borrowed that from your table. And then my other favorite character is Sideshow Robert Tewilliger. I love Sideshow Bob, yeah. Sideshow Bob is uh. Hello, Bart. He is great. He is really one of the best ones. So you think Sideshow Bob and Police Chief Wiggum. They're my two favorite characters. They're your two favorite characters. I, I do love Ralph, and I do love Fat Tony. Yeah. I Fat Tony just gets away. He's so polite when he's a mafioso. Like, uh, I love how tough he acts and then, like, how easily he cowards. Yeah, he really is a great... I mean, I don't know how long into the series until did it take for Fat Tony to come in. Season... Four, I think season four, yeah, or maybe I the end of season three. Because I feel like he wasn't there right, right, right away or anything. I think it was season four. Because in that was episode, it Bart gets a job. Is that his first one? Yeah. Okay. Because that's where they do Goodfellas. Oh, okay, yeah. And they do One Fine Day. Yeah. Because yeah, I just remember Shoopy Doo, but but do be do, and like Bart's making martinis for the mob. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. I haven't. Seen you also that have in a Neil while. Patrick Harris in that episode too. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. But the guest stars in this one are Brendan Fraser and uh, Stephen Weber from Wings. 
Oh, it's Steven Weber. Okay, okay. Yeah, which I thought it was weird they went with Brendan Fraser and not like Tim Daly. Oh, that would have been great. Or like Tony Shalhoub. I, people really should capitalize on Steven Weber and Tim Daly because let me tell you, as a kid, they had chemistry, I thought. I, I love yeah. Wings. Yeah, Wings I think great. Wings is like, like we talked to... Oh, wait, that's weird because we just talked about Georgia the Jungle and Thomas Hayden Church, isn't that? Oh, yeah, you're right. He was the fiance. Yeah, he was Lyle Vandegroot. Oh, yeah, yeah, Wings is a good one. Um, and a, what an all star cast. It really that was one of my favorite having. shows. That was a great show. Like, my in my top five, it, it goes like Third Rock from the Sun, and then you got uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Cheers, Wings, and it, it, it varies between. The following Mike Sure shows like The Good Place, uh, The Office, and Parks and Rec. Like mm, they're okay. interchangeable. That makes sense. I get that. But who are your two favorite characters? Lionel Hutz, Miguel um, Sanchez. <laughs> Say goodbye. Yeah. To me, I like, and I have to think about the other one for a second. But I feel like to me, like when Phil Hartman sadly passed away, to me that is seems to be the mark for me personally of where the show changed. And like, you know, I think a lot of people Thanks are to his wife for killing him, monster. Oh, my God. I miss Phil Hartman so much I, all the time. I wonder if Phil Hartman didn't die, if he would have the career that uh, Stephen Colbert has. Do you like, think he would have been like a talk show, host, like a late night show? Host? Maybe. Maybe. I He could have. I don't know. He was so great. He could have been an actor, I think, in movies. I think, um, you know, I think or he would have gone like a J.K. Simmons route. Oh yeah, he could have been a great uh, J. Jonah Jameson. I wasn't even thinking of that. <laughs> I I meant like get an Oscar, like yeah, yeah, I think so. Like Juno's dad. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but yeah, Phil Hartman was great, and I Lionel Hutz probably is my favorite. And if I had to choose another one, sideshow. <laughs> no, I do like Troy McClure a lot, though. I did debate choosing both of those. Um, I do like sideshow Bob episodes a lot, but I don't know if I'd say he's my favorite character, but. I might go then with I is I feel kind of lame saying it. I might have to go with Homer. Well, Homer's a great character. It's he's so like it's so obvious, but like But if I'm gonna pick a maybe Simpson, Lenny. <laughs> it's weird because because Mike said how much he loves Lenny too. I love Lenny too. <laughs> Lenny's so great. Does Marge. Shut up. <laughs> Please don't tell people how I live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lenny's a good one. So I don't it's hard because there's so many great characters. Like all I need is the oh Hans Molman. That's why I should have said it's my Very second favorite good. character. <laughs> I'm only 34 years old. This is a serious problem. <laughs> I still great. love chicken, biscuits, gravy. <laughs> Sir, I'm you're reading you're reading the wine menu. Very good. good. Yeah, he's great. So yeah, I would choose them. And I don't think either of them were in this one. Can you remember? I um, think, was Troy McClure in it? Maybe. I feel like I saw Phil. Lionel Hutz. I okay, watched so the Lionel... next one also. So what? What's the next one? I can't remember. Oh, Lisa wanted to go to the ISIS museum when Bart glued the stuff to his face. And oh, I know that's Phil right. Hartman was in one of the two. So Lionel Hutz is in the background of the crowd shots because oh, okay. I know Ruth Powers is there too. Ruth Powers, the next door neighbor who they do Thelma and Louise with. Oh, I love Ruth Powers. That's a great episode. Well, Ruth is in two or three, and she's great in like every single one. But I love how they they create like background characters because because the two guys Neil and Brad from Power Source they make them primary characters and they're just guest they're guest roles and like they didn't come back ever to actually speak right. No, see them in the background all the time and. 
Yeah. No. I think that's really clever. That's the power of The Simpsons. Well, the, the Simpsons, this episode also opens up with a secondary character being in full range. You get a McBain movie. The movie which, well, the move. This episode opens up with a McBain movie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The McBain movie, where he's fighting a Nazi commie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I surrender. Hold on a second, and he snaps the neck. <laughs> I also love how they do like the trope of a Schwarzenegger movie, where McBain is supposed to be an all-American guy, but he has this very thick German accent. <laughs> yeah, McBain is, uh, or Rainier Wolf. Rainier Wolf, yeah, Wolf whichever Castle. one, but I, yeah, they're interchangeable. He's a great character also. His stuff's always really funny when they cut to those. I love when they did uh, uh, Up Late with McBain. Yeah. That that's uh from Cape Fear. <laughs> yeah, that one's wicked funny. <laughs> that and uh is the there another one where he's doing the stand up or Oh uh um, yeah, that's the critic that's the star is burns. Yeah, that one's great. That, yeah, those are great. Uh Wolfie, your <laughs> your shoes are untied. I don't think so, but I'll look down. These are hours. loafers. <laughs> yeah. That uh yeah, cool. I love how Rainier Wolfcastle is this big movie star, but he takes the time in this episode to train Homer. Train Homer and get him into shape. Within two months also. Well, if he's only eating, you know, the protein, the, bar. the protein bars for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, yeah. he should have been a lot thinner. Like, like yeah. he should have been bulky, but he should have like had no gut. He was ripped though. You know, he kept ripping his shirts, literally. <laughs> like so. Terry Crews ripped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was super Terry Crews ripped. Yeah. It's a shame he didn't stick with it because it was clearly doing wonders for him. Well, he goes back and he does it again in uh, the episode with uh, Seth Rogen where he gets in the shape. Oh, okay. I haven't seen yeah. that one. That had to have been like within, what, the past 10, 15 years? Yeah, it was like around the time of um, Green Hornet. Oh, okay. Yeah. So in this one, uh, these two ad execs from Power Source which is a bar sponsored by Rainier Wolfcastle. Yeah. He is the ad man for it. Um, wants Rainier to climb the Killahorn, which is the biggest mountain in Springfield, and it's the most deadly. Yeah, of course. And he's like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love how their next reasoning for picking Homer is because he knows the ingredients <laughs> yeah. on the label, and they're like, he'll do. Yeah, yeah, it's you know one of. It's always funny how they justify Homer getting the jobs that he gets in this series of like, how do we put him in space? Like, oh, well, they need an everyman. People, everyman, you know. So like, whatever works at this point, yeah, just make it be like, yeah, he knows how to read the label. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. I, I I love so the most famous line from this is a gime. Gime, I love gime. Oh, you mean a gime? What's a gime? Oh, a guy. Yeah, that is, I think, a really thing. Because, like, anytime someone's going to the gym, I can say that. And if they're, at least if they are a slight Simpsons fan, they know what you mean. They get it. Um, and being a season nine joke, you know, that, that could be on the border. Some people might not get it. But I think even just outside this episode, it, it's, it's gone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just, I love. Homer working out for the first time because he's lifting up the weights and he's smashing them into his skull. And this like, is gonna hurt my head tomorrow. Oh, this is gonna hurt. Oh, that's smarts. Yeah. Whoopsie daisy. Um. Also, to even get him in the gym, it's because he's playing a game of capture the flag. Yeah. And he only <laughs> even plays that because Flanders. 
I love the kids, like how brutal they are to him when he falls and fails, and then they're like throwing the like deviled, deviled eggs. eggs at him and stuff, yeah. and like kick him, kick him, get him. You know, I think that's really funny. Anytime yeah. they show kids being cruel, but the thing that they didn't do is Nelson didn't let out a ha ha. Oh, that's very interesting that they would have missed that. Yeah, Nelson didn't go ha ha. Wow, that's weird. Uh, also. Why would Nelson and Jimbo Jones be at a church picnic? Yeah, sometimes there's that like logic where you're like, wait a minute, they just needed to fill in bodies. Yeah, like I, you have to like assume like those two were just walking by the church, saw their friend or the picnic, and then like we're hanging out. Free food because yeah, you know something like that. But yeah, that's a good point. It makes no sense. I just (laughs) picture like Jimbo making out with a girl behind the tree and be like, hey. My shirt's chafing me. <laughs> now my pants are chafing me. And then that's how he becomes like a sex predator because he tried to do it in public property <laughs> at a church picnic. And it's a really weird episode. Yeah. yeah. So the Simpsons, ha- this was like that sweet spot when they could get like anyone except for like three people to be on the Simpsons. Like apparently they kept trying to get Bruce Springsteen to be on the Simpsons and he kept saying no. Has he ever been on it? I don't think so. Interesting. They got Tom Petty before he died. So, Oh wow. Do you know who the other two people were? Or? Uh, yeah. Um, Probably they, Jack Nicholson. No, no, they, they never even tried. <laughs> Shirley Temple was one of them. Oh, interesting. That's why they did that episode where they had, they made fun of the Shirley Temple like actress. Yeah, was that where Lisa took the tap thing? Yeah, okay. Tap a tap a tap a. Yeah, pull a pull a pull a. Okay. Yeah, she she like said it'll be a cold day in hell before you see me on your shitty program or something like that. That's funny. Um, so they couldn't get Shirley Temple, and the third person was actual George W. Bush, H uh, George H W. Bush. Oh, for the episode. Uh, for two bad neighbors, and they just had Harry Shearer do it instead. Let me tell you, as a kid. I thought they got him. So did I. As a kid who did not read the credits and just like. I thought they got him or, no. and I thought they got Gerald Ford. Yeah. I had no idea yeah, that thought, it was Dan Castellaneta again. Yeah. And I don't know why I would have thought, but that's what I think the power of the Simpsons in the 90s was. Is like I was like, yeah, they could easily get two ex-presidents to be on their program. But this was like this season. So this was season nine. So this was probably what? 97 or 97 something? or 98? I, that's what I think. So this was, Wings was like just about to end and Fraser was doing, this was probably he George was, of the Jungle. It was, or or even maybe around, Mum, or no, Mummy was 99. 99. So it was probably, oh, Blast from the Past. Oh yeah, probably Blast from the Past. Which is a like film that. I love. That's a wonderful film. We didn't pick that one because we're doing With Honors instead. Oh, okay. Because, uh, I'll go into it when we talk about that one, but that movie was only made so they could make a soundtrack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they, uh, they had Madonna, Warner Brothers had Madonna under contract. I'll get into it on that episode, but <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, we, we did that and not Blast from the Past, but Blast from the Past is such a good movie. That is a really good movie, a really great Brendan Fraser film, and I think that you know, yeah, I guess it was like late nineties where he really, cause that was like around George of the jungle blast from the past mummy. We're all probably within like two, three years. So of his career starting in 1991 was Encino, 
Encino Man, which was his oh, first yeah. movie. Which is the original George of the Jungle live action film that he made. <laughs> I would say it's the original Flintstones movie. <laughs> it's which you like more Encino Man or George of the Jungle? Oh, I love George of the Jungle. Oh, okay. It's it's, it's my favorite Disney kid uh, like live action movie as a kid. Oh, and I still think it holds up. I oh, still think God. it's a great I haven't movie. seen it a long time. I'll have to. It, it's still funny as hell. Hmm. Um, so yeah, you had Encino Man and then he did uh he like had a movie every year up until probably 2004 yeah so from like for almost a decade from like 92 to 2002 he had a movie yeah so that's really interesting because what was crash like one of the last big ones that he was like in and then it was like the the, what the blacklisting should i call it that or yeah so crash came out in 2000 so it was filmed in 2004 and came out in 2005 okay and it was it won the 2006 Oscar. But at the Screen Actors Guild Award, he was the one who spoke. Yeah. He was the one who gave the speech, and he's barely in that movie. Yeah, he was not in it very much at all. Was he like, I think because it was like his wife had the story, right? He was almost just like a supporting character to somebody yeah. who was actually. Affected. Apparently, he had a bigger role where like he was having an affair on Sandra Bullock with like he had a, uh, it was he, he had a, uh, he was a politician and he had an assistant who was either I think Hispanic or African American and he was having an affair with her. Oh, interesting. But they cut that out. Yeah. They were like, We can't make George of the Jungle look this bad. Yeah. You know. Well, it wasn't that. It was like he he has to be the tolerant one? No. No. Yeah. Um, because her whole arc is that she was racist. Okay. And he had to deal with that. Um but in this, he is Brad and Stephen Weber's Neil. And he has, as I was telling you, he has my favorite joke after a guy. What's a guy? What's a guy? Um, his joke is when Lisa, when he's actually climbing the mountain and he's at, up at the top, Lisa's like saying, come on, dad, you can do it. And he goes, little girl, I'm pretty sure your dad's dead. <laughs> Here, and, and it's the follow-up line that gets me every time. Here, have a power source bar on the house. Yeah, like that. they have like an old-timey lemonade stand <laughs> and he's handing out like dollar, like charging people for power source bars. Yeah, bar. that's really from little girl. I'm pretty sure your dad's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like all I can think of is in uh, in movies when someone goes through a terrible experience and they just put blankets and give them hot chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Um it's interesting also because I think Brendan Fraser is definitely a lot more dominant than Steven Weber. Oh yeah. Like Steven Weber almost kind of gets screwed. Like he just kind of says like other stuff, but like Brendan Fraser. No, Frazier's he has a, a ton of dialogue, one. but I mean he's the one who points out that it's just newspapers and Apple Course. But it's Brendan Fraser who who gets all of the funny stuff. Like with sad news, it seems that Homer Simpson going off medical advice has gone crazy and has started taking power sources, natural enemy. What was it like the peach oh, cobbler? God. Like what was it? Yeah, it was like a peach cobbler like based. Like, yeah, bar. I think I think that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if maybe it's just Brendan Fraser's like kind of booming personality and the way he bro played it. That like he really just like for a power bar executive exactly what you would expect and hope. Yeah, he he's just that that swarmy type of like handsome. Even though his character has a ponytail. Yeah, that's perfect. 
it, is it just me or does it look like they just took the templates of the the two guys from um radioactive man the movie the producer and the director oh yeah that's and they just point. recycled the the cells and it just changed surprise their- me it wouldn't surprise me wait but- didn't you direct a national discretion yes i did pay you <laughs> Um, yeah, it wouldn't really surprise me if they did that, but I like their jackets. The the Power Source jackets, I remember as a kid, I always wanted one. Oh, I didn't realize that they were not a real organization. Yeah. <laughs> Man, the Simpsons just was fooling us left and right, huh? They truly were. Wow. Thought President Bush was, you know. Yeah. Get, taking his time to guest on the Simpsons and after bashing them, I guess, you know. Also, uh, when Homer goes to Apu's. Uh, when he goes to the Quickie Mart, I love how Apu goes, do you want your normal uh, uh, midnight snack of an entire gallon of chocolate ice cream covered in tiny pies? <laughs> <laughs> the gross part is those pies were still in the pans. So that implies that Homer doesn't even eat the pies out of the pans. He just eats the ice cream and the pies. He doesn't even take them out. Because you know Homer. He's not the type of guy who would... Yeah, yeah, he would definitely. He's got the iron stomach. Yeah, the iron stomach. God bless him. Well, they brought back the joke from Homer Palooza. He he hits his stomach in in this, and it does the gurgle that it did in the. Oh really? At what point did he do? Was that when he was in uh, the Quickie Mark? It was when he was in the gym. He's like, "Let's make you go away." And he. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. That is a oh that is a good callback. I didn't even think about that. Also, I didn't realize that this was the episode that Homer um does the thing with the beer can. Because Homer uh, Bart goes, oh man, look at Rainier Wolfcastle. You can grate cheese on those abs. And he's like, yeah, but can he do this? And he does a tidal wave with his stomach and crushes the bear can. Yeah. And Bart goes, <laughs> it's weird Bart would find that gross because I feel like that's something Bart would be like, oh, that's cool. But I get for the plot of the episode having to like show that like distance of Bart. Right. But I do feel like realistically Bart would be like, Awesome. Also, the animation for that is really good. Good and gross. It's gross, but it's it's, it's like they took a lesson from uh, Clayface from Batman and the '90s cartoon. Oh, and uh, I love you know. Clayface is one of the best characters. Yeah, it scared the hell out of me as a kid. Yeah, I couldn't watch those episodes until I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> Only because the DVD set came out, and I was brave enough by then. <laughs> yeah, well, that's when I bought the DVD set. But yeah, those that's were what, scary as yeah. a kid. Yeah, those were terrifying. But that's what it reminded me of was Clayface because it was good animation. Yeah. So, um, when they start climbing the mountain, I love how. Uh, Fraser has the line. He says to the guides, Homer Simpson must get up to the top by any means necessary. <laughs> and you find out that they were cheating and these, you know, Sherpas Sherpa. were... Probably not get away with that today. No. Well, the, the Sherpas are incredibly offensive. Yeah. <laughs> Probably voiced by Hank Azaria is it, my guess. It was Hank Azaria and Harry Shearer. <laughs> Um, poor guy. Um, the the Sherpas I think are funny, but uh, like my girlfriend and I were watching them, and we were like, this would not fly today. No, and also another thing that wouldn't fly today is uh, Homer almost dying when he's dangling, and the the is it a leopard or a cheetah is like oh. just pawing at him as he's dangling over. Yeah, yeah. Um, also I just remembered. I think Grandpa Simpson was hilarious. In this so one. he's the Simpson who would be my favorite Simpsons character. Okay, that I makes sense. Love Abe Simpson, yeah. and I love the story he tells about how him and MacArthur 
he he uh, gave him the last flapjack in a can. Yeah, which <laughs> the animation for flapjack in a can it was so funny. It's so funny, so gross, and I want one. Me too. <laughs> I had a pancake for breakfast, but I but it didn't it come out of a can. can. Um, but I love when the animation that they do of MacArthur pushing him off the mountain, and he goes. And then I fell 80,000 feet and I landed on a pile of rocks. But yeah. we were stronger back then <laughs> and I was doing the jitterbug that night. That night yeah, I think that was wicked funny because like you definitely would hear an old person claim they fell 80,000 feet, but their generation was just tougher than ours. Yeah, and he landed um, on some soft rocks. Yeah, and then like it's also funny because like you see the footage of him falling and then when it cuts to him as an old man, like he's moving his arms like he was falling also, which I think yeah. is very funny. Well, not just that, like, Abe Abe Simpson has not had a distinguishing haircut yet because when he is a hellfish, he has like this, um, like Kurt Russell, like like military cut, like Johnny Unitas haircut. But then when he was like climbing the mountain, he had like this Mo Howard Three Stooges type of mop top. Yeah, it's a good point. He doesn't really, with all of his flashbacks, have kind of a consistent look. He has or no continuity whatsoever. Shocking. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when Homer actually starts climbing the mountain himself, the animation that they do of his hallucination is some of the best animation. And I think it's better than the land of chocolate and uh, the land of chocolate that they did. Yeah. Because um, I love how like delusional he is. And he's just... What he's on a billy goat and then he takes an escalator all the way to the top and I he does a full see, split, like the abominable snowman from Rudolph. I think, is yes, but they animate point. him like King Kong, yeah, he's really big, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, that that is really good, and I do like how he's had doing like the splits on the escalator going up, that is very funny. Anytime, so on the Simpsons podcast, everything's coming up. Simpsons, they one of their favorite things is they love when um when the simpsons characters are in different clothes and seeing homer in top hat and tails it just elates me he just looks so, so adorable yeah adorable is the right word like oh you look cute well like when he's a b sharp when he yeah. when he's in the b sharps he just looks so cute in the barbershop quartet outfit like cuz he's not wearing the gross uh white shirt or in this episode no shirt in no underwear yeah when they're doing capture the flag yeah <laughs> yeah you're right because the animation of the gray underwear is just disgusting gross yeah that one's gross so any takeaways that we haven't covered before we get to the end of this episode no i feel like we've gone through everything that i can uh think of well i love when when homer comes back um he he makes it to the top by destroying the the rest of the mountain. Yeah, which clever. people would die. Like, if, yeah, not just like everybody standing at the base being like, "Woo!" <laughs> or, or like if the back end goes into Shelbyville, that would have. I'd like to see that episode. And they're like, "Oh no, all of these Shelbyvillians died." Oh. Okay, whatever. <laughs> they're too busy marrying their cousins. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I love when Homer makes it to the top and then comes down and they're like, where did you find the sled? And it's it's that poor guy, MacArthur's body. And you find out that there was a bite out of him rather than Abe Simpson. And Grandpa yeah, and was I love when one. when Abe's teeth fall out. Yeah. And they fall directly in there. Why is um, everyone looking at me? I also like that Homer forgot his wallet up there. <laughs> 
that's such a detail. That's such like a John Schwartzwelder joke, yeah. who is the master of writing in The Simpsons. Um, but this episode does have a lot of weaknesses. There's a lot of continuity. It does not age well. Um, the the McBain movie at the beginning is funny, but of all of the McBain movies, it's like the weakest. It's pretty low on the McBain list, I will say. I mean, season nine, they've been doing it for a while, so I can understand, like, you know, it, it it's going to be hard to really do that new. And that's the thing is, like, for me, like, I don't, I don't consider this an A level episode. I no. probably more on like the B to B plus. Yeah. Um, and I was surprised because it's probably been five, six years since I've seen it. And I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. You know, the guy joke is still great. And I mean, you make one classic moment from it. That's worth watching for that. And um, also like the guest appearance. Like I had no idea that it was Brendan Fraser. When I saw it the first time, I was like, whose voice is it? I know I know that voice. I feel like I had that same situation until the credits came and I saw, oh, Brendan Fraser, because, yeah, I think, um, I feel like I had that similar situation. He, he's also just, I, I love Fraser. Like, I love Brendan so much. I think he's so delightful and funny. I don't know what type of person he is in real life. I heard he's great. Yeah, he looks nice. Yeah. I mean... He's a robot, right? Yeah, he's a robot. He, he, what what's his character called on Robot Doom? Man. Robot Man. Yeah, he's good in Doom Patrol. If you haven't checked that out, worth definitely um watching a few episodes. It's you know, it's one of those things where it's like I guess it's labeled superheroes, but it's not superheroes. It's very just oddball sci-fi group of people, really. Yeah, there's some is, action. But... Is it better than Umbrella Academy? I haven't seen Umbrella Academy. Oh, okay. And I've never read it either. So I don't know. I heard people liked Doom Patrol better than Umbrella Academy. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I should read the book first and then watch the show or if I should watch the show and then maybe read the book. I, I'm kind of at a standstill. I, I haven't decided. read the Umbrella Academy comics in years and I enjoyed the and show. I forgot most of the, the stuff and I enjoyed the show. So what do you think? You think I should just do the show and then Yeah. 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 I mean I guess I have Netflix, so it's there. I don't own the comics. They're not there. Right. That's so, easier. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. <laughs> um so yeah, I, I love in this episode how they wrap everything up. And I actually love um, they address the fact that Power Source kind of scorned Homer. So yeah. he takes the flag off and he puts the Simpsons flag on there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's um, yeah. And you know what I also like about this episode um, for being a later on episode? I feel like the show started doing like there was like almost a cold open where they did something that was so completely unrelated to the rest of the plot. But this one, the whole episode's pretty much related. It's all one plot. Um, and I like that. I like that. Like what they start with right. is what they ended with as well. Yeah. And I mean, you say it was a later episode, but we're on season 30 now. I know. Yeah. That's the funny so thing. So this is technically it's actually an, an earlier, earlier episode. episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I think Marilyn and I were saying the same thing like last night. Like, about, oh, like, this is a later episode. episode. No, it's not. Well, technically, no, because they kept going for 20 more years at least. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, on a scale of 13 bagels, one being shit and 13 being great, how many are left in for this episode? I think I can go with 11. I'm not going as high. I'd say like there are a lot of problems. I'm going with nine. Nine. I mean, it could have been a lot better. And as far as Brendan Fraser stuff goes, the other cartoon I was going to pick was actually King of the Hill, not 
King of the Hill. <laughs> yeah, not not King of the Hill Simpsons. Um, Which was, by the way, to our viewers, very confusing when he told me what I was watching. I was like, wait, I'm watching The Simpsons or am I watching King of the Hill? I don't understand. <laughs> well, they I'm did watching. it to make fun of King of the Hill because King of the Hill was the show that technically got the critic canceled. Oh, okay. This was around that time. Okay, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I could have gone with the King of the Hill episode where he plays a football star who they pretend is an idiot so that Peggy will give him, will help them cheat mm. to get him on the football team. And yeah, he, he's good on that one. But this this episode was a better Brendan Fraser episode. And yeah. he, once again, he's got great comic timing and you can tell he knows where the joke is. Like he knows what is funny yeah, his delivery of of the bad news about Homer Simpson going crazy, and even telling Lisa that he's probably dead. Yeah, it is really good. It is really solid, and I probably because I see you said you went with nine, I went with eleven. Yeah, I could have gone probably a little lower. Brendan Fraser, I think, wasn't as good in this one. Yeah, if they did like Tim Daly and Stephen Weber, probably much lower. But yeah, but yeah, I think Brendan Fraser does elevate it a bit, and I was surprised how much I did enjoy it rewatching it. But it's not one that I could rewatch all the time, like in Itchy and Scratchy Land or, you know, something like Cape in that Fear. Era. Cape Fear, any side show. Or Bob. Brother from Another Series. Yeah. I love that's probably so in my top five, like this, this is in my top 10 because I do love a guy. So this would be number 10. But, but in my top five, it goes like Cape Fear, um, Brother from Another Series, um, Oh, what's the one with uh, Big Brother Tom? Big Brother Tom. Where Phil Hartman plays Bart's... Oh, yeah, and Pepsi. Pep- uh. <laughs> Peppy. Mm, Pepsi. Um, I don't know the name of it exactly, but I know that I know that one yeah. that you're talking about. Yeah, that's a good one. And, uh, of course, there is um, any of the Treehouse of Horrors. Probably Treehouse of Horror 5 or 6. The one where they do the shinning. Shinning is probably, that's my favorite Treehouse of Horrors. That one is so fun. I think every Halloween I pretty much watch that one as like, yeah. you know, I try to watch a lot of them, but that one I have well, to. Well, King Homer is good too. That one's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They It's just a really great. I mean, that that era of The Simpsons, at least around the first 10 seasons, 12, whatever, you know, really just some of the funniest TV well, seven through nine, Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein were still writing as showrunners, and they were the ones who did like Radioactive Man. That might be one of my favorite episodes too. Radioactive Man, the movie. That's a great one. Jimmy Bart, <laughs> Bart Simpson, you've been cast as uh, Fallout Boy. Is what I'd be saying to you if you weren't an inch too short. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one's so great. Mickey Rooney at the end. I mean. There's so many great Simpsons episodes and even even one like this where I, I I I can't label it a great one, but it's a really good one and it's got some really good jokes in it, you know, and God bless them. Yeah. Yeah. So uh I'm gonna have you back later in the month for a different episode that we're totally not about to record. That sounds accurate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is there anything you wanna plug? Uh, well, I have a web series. If you search Skitcom TV on either Facebook or YouTube or SkitcomTV.com. Grinder, Tinder. <laughs> yeah, Grinder, Tinder. No. <laughs> 
Um, but you can find there. We've got a lot of different episodes, so check those out. We even have a podcast where I've interviewed. Um, so far, we I think we've only had three episodes where I've been interviewing a woman, Mary Hronick, um, who's been on the show. She plays my character's mother. So um, check that out. You'll be one of the first ten people to listen to it. Is it weird it. having someone play your mom in the house where you live? Um, no, but it is funny that like there's people that I've shown this like web series to and they don't know I live with my mom, but for some reason they think that Mary is my actual mom. And they're like, oh, it's really interesting you put your mom in the show. Well, you did put your dad like, in the huh? show, so. But he didn't play my dad. <laughs> but it's just like, it's a strange thing because I don't think they've seen those episodes. But um, I do think that that's like a really funny, weird thing that people have said. But uh, but yeah, check out the the web series Skitcom TV. And um, if you like it, subscribe and tell people, especially people with money. And if you want to follow us, we're on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Twitter is W-R-T-R-B-A-G-E-L-B-S-K-T. And everything else is Writer's Bagel Basket. Email us, writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. You can email us show suggestions, you know, comments, whatever. We'll read them on the air. But we keep getting spammed by a guy who just keeps putting in, like, two-word letters and then thinking that I'm going to read it. And That's like, weird. It's a gibberish email address. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. Keep trying, but not going to do it. Well, I'll keep trying. <laughs> okay. So until next time, Dave, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. Bye. Lils and Patrick are two local musicians from the New England area whose minimal accomplishments have left them thoroughly unqualified to judge bands and artists who have been more successful than they ever could be. And yet, their passion for bad music persists on Jukebox Zeros, the podcast that takes a retrospective look at the worst albums of all time. From The Shags to Attila, from Cyberpunk to Scream, if there's a band that has an album they're ashamed of, Lils and Patrick will be there. Share their love on Jukebox Zeros, now on the Zero Science Network, and wherever podcasts may be found. Movies are bombing all over the country. They are posing as movies you already know. They may be in your theaters, your neighbor's home, or even your own. Why are you doing that voice? I don't know. I thought it made me sound cool. It doesn't. I'm Jason Bishop, host of the Invasion of the Remake podcast with co-hosts Sam Stepanenko and Trish Coughlin. Join us each week as we rotate talking about your favorite films and their not-so-favorite remakes. We'll also dig deep to find forgotten films that we think are more worthy of remaking, complete with our own fantasy casting. You can get all 130 episodes and counting on... Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and all the best podcast providers, even freaking YouTube. For the low, low price of absolutely nothing, join the invasion. Subscribe today. Or we'll blow up your planet. 
Hey everybody, this is Kelly Reynolds and I'm the host of Boobies and Newbies, the podcast that asks novice romance readers to think outside the dick in a box. Join me for a new episode every Friday as we review romance novels with non-romance readers. From the sweet, loving, fairy tale romances of the Highlands. Who cares uh, about up against the wall by the fruit trees? <laughs> yes. Like, where's the dragon? Inside the belly of a dragon. To the naughty erotic threesomes with Navy Seals. Sex was a 10. I mean, you cannot get any better than this book. Come okay, on, you guys. Good. Really. We read it all. Check us out at Boobies Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Listen to previous episodes on any podcast streaming platform. You can also support Boobies and Newbies on Patreon.com for lots of bonus booby content and early episode releases.